I want to preface this video by saying that uh, the audio you're about to hear in the show is about uh, 10 minutes in as I messed up the audio very badly. Um, so we did not ignore the 70 point performance by the Dolphins. We talked about that and pretty much what we gathered from it was kick the field goal next time and make history. But um, with that being said, we will get you on to your regularly scheduled programming and um, enjoy the rest of the show. I was looking at my finger when I went peace. That's a pretty jacked up finger, so I don't know. Maybe not. Um, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. You can rip that spiral, though. Rip <laughs> Could any of us get a single NFL yard? Uh, no. I, oh, I would just go under their legs. Only on a broken play. We'll see. Yeah. The thing is, Gabe, is if that... If I was the ball. Yeah, I was going to say, the thing is, Gabe, is that they only have to just... They only have the to just... Ball. They only have to touch you, and you're already down. Exactly. So, like... It's horseshit. Yeah, that, that's discrepancy. Like, how do you, how do you work with that? What do you do with that? Two-hand touch. That's what I just think... Yeah, I think you, you have change, a lot... You change the rules, Gabe. You change the rules. <laughs> For you, it's I'm no a, longer... I'm, I'm a, a modern-day Tom Brady. I just change the rules like I want to. For <laughs> you, it's the only way to get you down is on your back. You're, you're, yeah. already, you're already on your ass. Or yeah, like, no we just let, to go down, let Gabe so. be the football. Just throw him, and he yeah, can. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm good. Just I'll just spread my ball. I'll spread my arms out when somebody's too far away, and they can grab on. Anyway, curl up really fast to get that hard velocity, just real tight. But no, you bring up a good point with Mahomes, and I think the reason why he's been so successful is a he's one of the most talented football players we've ever seen, but b Andy Reid is always letting him be himself and not trying to fit him, like Casey said, into a mold. Basically trying to fit a square block into a circle-sized hole. You can't do that, especially in a place like the NFL. And that's why I think you see a lot of these guys fizz out is because there's, especially in the past, there's been a, a way that you, guys, an NFL quarterback should be. It's the immobile pocket passer who makes really good reads, but maybe can't run more than five miles an hour. And like I said, you see it with Mahomes. You see, you saw it with Cam Newton when they let him just be himself and run all over the place. If you let these guys play to their strengths, eventually, if they have any ounce of the real talent they should have, they're going to be good at football just because they're doing what they're good at and not what someone else thinks they're good at. Yeah, I'm curious on how Mahomes would really thrive outside of Reed. Like, I know Mahomes is talented, don't get me wrong. He is the best quarterback in the league right now, but Andy Reid is such a phenomenal play caller and uh, play designer that, you know, that's that's kind of the next uh, Brady and Belichick debate. It's, you know, who's who's really kind of elevating who here, which – in a sense, I mean, I think they elevate each other because I said the Mahomes can do stuff that you know, a lot of quarterbacks can't do, and they said Reed just rolls with it. But then again, his play calling is so spectacular that it it works. <laughs> so, you know, if there ever is a time where he plays for somebody else, then uh, you know, be interested to see how good he is under somebody else. Well, and I think for a long time it was, is Biennemi the the magic to Mahomes? And, I mean, I'm not going to diss on Eric Biennemi for having probably one of the worst O-lines I've ever seen, um, especially performance-wise <laughs> this week. 
that's that's actually a really nice segue into how poorly uh, my picks went and my take on the commanders. Um, so that was bad. It, it yeah. Bad. So I went um, five and nine last week. Um, I'm, we'll say six and nine just because we'll count the we missed the Thursday night picks, but I there's no way I would have picked the Giants. Um, but I will preface it by saying I'm always going to be missing a game. I refuse to pick on Seahawks games, whether it's for them or against them. It never does me good on my mind. But, um, yeah, so the Bills are just good at football, and Sam Howell is not some um, Messiah football Jesus like the tape lied to me and told me that um, he was. Or maybe that was just um, the fumes coming out of the dorm room vents. But um, I think I wrote about it in the recap. It was I think it was got sacked seven times maybe more and i think he was pressured on more than like 85 percent of his drop back so not a good day in the trenches um uh, josh allen i think is just pissed off after what everybody was saying about him after week one just kind of had himself another game they've outscored their opponents the last two weeks by more than 60 so I, my, my takes have aged real bad on all of those fronts because I said that maybe Josh Allen doesn't have it anymore. Uh. I, I think that's the fun thing about Josh Allen. He's a white boy from Wyoming. It just kind of, you know, when he gets mad, he gets mad. I mean, you know, he's not I mean, from Wyoming. He's from California. Well, you know, <laughs> went to college he in Wyoming. Wyoming. But... He was around all those farm boys. But, I mean, it's just, you know, like, it's just. He just gets mad, and you know, you get you know, you get guys that get mad, and and uh, you put them in the right situation. You know, they start show, they start balling out. And, and, well, I mean, keep in mind you know, he's played the Commanders and the the Raiders, so I mean, maybe that pissed off performance is right. more. All right, Mister NFL Take, we'll keep here listening to you. Hey, hey, <laughs> you're are, doing real well. Are you are you gonna sit here and tell me that the the Raiders and Commanders defense is something to be? trifled with because i don't i don't i i i don't say that but what i will say is when you can go out there and take a defense like that that isn't good and beat them down that's that to me tells you you're good at what you know that you're good you know and yeah. i think that's the thing is you know well your people are beating these bad defenses well they should first of all right and and second of all if they're going to beat them beat the shit out of them um then that says okay you're on the right track like dak prescott for instance not great quarterback he should have beat the shit out of the the cardinals but they didn't right josh allen he's doing exactly what he's expected to do and i think that doesn't take anything away other, you know i mean i would agree yeah they're not the best defenses we'll see how they do against the you know i mean the dolphins don't have the greatest defense either but you know we'll see when they get down the road and they play tougher teams um but i think that's just that's just the product of we're 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 supposed to do exactly what we're supposed to do you make a great point about um, thank you i i don't want to slander dak prescott because i i don't want to um keep beating a dead horse so i'm gonna praise josh dobbs um for (laughs) he having that fire in his gut they were they were driving to that facility jonathan gannon and his boys were they were feeling good. They were really feeling like they could win, and I, I can't even talk up the Cardinals because it really was it really was just Dallas beating themselves and in really entertaining fashion. Um, Dak 
having just the most timely and Dak-like interception in the end zone I think I've ever seen game on the line. You just throw a mallard just right right to a red shirt. And I mean, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try to stop clowning on the Cowboys because I think that the loss of Trayvon Diggs is pretty sad um, and is obviously more impactful than I thought. Um, and I, 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 I'm going to want to chuck that up, this game up to them being not in the right headspace over losing a team leader like that, but oh boy, Mike McCarthy, what, what was that? Well, you got to look at it too. You have Gannon who came from Philly, you know, he's coached in Philly for the last couple of years, so he knows the Cowboys. He knows their tendencies. He knows what they like to do, and he knew how to game plan for them. Like, in Arizona came out firing on all cylinders, and they knew exactly how to take it to them, so... You know, I definitely in a credit coaching in that one because they looked like they were ready to play. Dallas did not. <laughs> like I, I you're st- just saying, Mike McCarthy, like, yeah, what the hell was that? I still just kind of refuse just... to believe that Jonathan Gannon is a, like a serviceable leader of men. Because my God, is that man just goofy? He sure held. He sure held. Yeah, he sure held. <laughs> didn't uh, have anything inspiring to say in that one. Uh, speech he gave to the players what was that right before week one I don't know what you're talking about I felt the fire in my gut after that one whether I drove to the facility or whether I rode the bus I, I was feeling that fire <laughs> and Fuck obviously kind of fall so... asleep on the table while he was <laughs> obviously that. so were they yeah. what <laughs> maybe it's just Joshua Dobbs like, I don't know I don't know where to I don't know where to run through a wall like tomorrow morning we're gonna see Josh Dobbs physically unable to play all of a sudden, they're like, what happened? It's like, you didn't tank, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> We're missing that's, out on Caleb yeah. Williams. Well, I mean, I still just don't really know. Like, people are just really forgetting it. Like, what does Kyler do at this point? Because he's still obviously like a, I'm not going to say like a proven winner, but he's proved that he can be like a, at the top of his game, he's a pretty serviceable starter. I think he changes positions is what, what I think he does. I don't think he's a good quarterback. And and I think he's too small. He's too much. He's too. He you know we have like he's, Patrick Mahomes. He's you know, limited. Who's, uh, running around quarterback. We have like the pocket passers. He's he's too much on the like extreme of Patrick Mahomes. Like I'm gonna do this. Patrick does that because he can, and he's good. Tyler Murray just is tiny and runs around and thinks, oh I'm I'm cool. I can throw a football fifty yards. Well, <laughs> just because you can throw a football fifty yards doesn't mean anything. And just because you can run a little bit faster than somebody, I, I, I think he, he should either change positions or go do something else. Because I just, he had a great year at Oklahoma or a great couple of years at Oklahoma. Good for you, big guy. Go well, do something else. I mean, I feel like. Should have took that baseball contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, like, do you think coming off the ACL tear like this is going to maybe force him to kind of change how he plays? which I don't think he can because I don't know if he can sit in the pocket and see over the lineman. But... Exactly, and that's yeah. the thing. Is now he can't yeah. play the way he wants to play, so which, which team yeah. is picking him up? Yep. Being I mean, short hasn't worked out for Bryce Young so far. <laughs> I, exactly. <laughs> I don't Skirt know. skinny and yep. Well, I mean, when you're, when you're like six inches shorter than all of your offensive linemen, and you have to go. Oh wait, where's my guy? While I'm jump standing on my tippy toes, yeah, you're you you probably should go do something else, or at least just learn to run around like and look where you're running instead of. Oh, I have the ball. 
You think you that's know? why Russ, whenever he was in Seattle, always had to do all these little pirouettes and stuff before he could throw the ball just so he can, like, oh, I let my guys get down the field far enough so I can see over them. Like that, Probably. <laughs> hey, there was a six-foot quarterback that played for 16 years in New Orleans that did a pretty damn good job of being able to see over his linemen and hit his open receivers. So. I mean, he was talented. Not everybody is Drew Brees. Come on now. <laughs> Hey, just saying though, you can't you can't chalk up everything to oh they're too short. Well, so is he, and yeah, not not a great athlete, but hell of a thrower of the football. Some of these guys are pretty good throwers of the football too, but they're much better athletes. I mean, granted, it it did take a couple years for him to get going, and like I think oh yeah he like and I it just makes me laugh because the kind of got the short end of the stick in in San Diego. Well, I mean, literally because. Being, no uh, pun intended. Sit, no, sitting behind a man who was even shorter than you in Doug Flutie. Just kind of, that had to be a really funny just kind of look in the quarterback room. Um, but moving on from our riveting discussion on heights of quarterbacks, um, there was really nothing to talk about. Let's bring this to new heights, huh? Out of Let's the Kansas City oh, There we go. I, uh, yeah, I... I don't want to spend 20 minutes of this show every week just You don't need to spend Casey. 20 minutes. I mean, we can, <laughs> we, can, we can get this done in 30 seconds. Or That's what I... The bears stuck. Yes. We're done. Move on. Next. They That's... suck. It's, they've reached a new low. It's a... I mean, could you really honestly predict anything else happening, though? I mean, we knew no. we were going to no. blow it out. No, no. If you were a realist, yeah. If you were a realist, you knew exactly how this game was going to play out, especially after the freaking stupid chaotic week that they had with their defense coordinator resigning because apparently of something that he was doing in-house that got them, got HR involved to where they pretty much forced him to resign. To do we, so do we field know what that supposedly was? Supposedly calling the, no, and I don't, I doubt it'll, it'll come out anytime soon. Oh, here we go. We got the benches clearing here. Ooh, a little action in the baseball world. Um, I, yeah, Julio struck out again, and he's a little pissed off about it. So he <laughs> and the pitcher were having some words, and then now the bullpen's just cleared. And I got, I got one, one thing it. that could be actually a, deeper than rock bottom for the Chicago Bears. Losing, and that's to losing Denver? by seventy yeah. to the Denver Broncos. Denver <laughs> oh. just dropping a seventy burger on them and just oh. like just screw oh, it. Oh, that's the thing is, yeah, is is as bad as this season has gone for the Mariners. Oh my God! For both of them, yes. Sure, my mind's at right now. But as bad as the season has gone for the Bears, yes, they have not hit rock bottom yet. That's so, that's scary. My That's question, sad. Casey, as as a as a Bears fan, is how do you feel about as that game's come to a close, seeing everybody all lovey dovey on the sidelines hugging it out? Yeah, we just we just lost by thirty. Let me give you a hug. Let me. I mean, like obviously, it's like a could be seen as a nice leadership gesture from Fields, but at what point does that come across as just being like, look at us, everything's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong here. I don't see it as that. I see it as them just knowing that they are playing like pure shit right now and they have nowhere to they have nowhere to 
to turn. I mean, they <laughs> know their coaching staff sucks. It's it is what it is. Like, you know, they're they're all searching for answers right now. It's not just Fields; it's everybody. I mean, the entire freaking defense can't stop anybody just to save their asses, and the offense can't pick up a freaking yard against a, a pop Warner football team. It's so. Do you think at this point they just kind of like lay down, not lay down, but just be like, yeah. We're not going to go anywhere this season, so let's at least try to have fun. Like, just like, all right, guys, let's let's just make sure we all go out and have a really nice time. Like, because I feel like that's where you already are. Like, is if you're going to lose, you might as well try to, like, slightly enjoy doing it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, who knows? It's hard to say what the chemistry and what everything's like in the locker room. I think Eberflus has lost the locker room already. He keeps coming out and talking about, I mean, this is Mark Tressman 2.0. He keeps talking about how great the practices are and, and oh yeah, we had a really good day of practice and, you know, and everybody was, had some good energy out there. It's like, shut the hell up. I, I saw and you don't, the... you don't get any of those vibes from the players, including Fields. So you know that he's just trying to fluff everything up to make himself look good. And it's, I, I'm 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 done with Eberflus. I'm over him. I, I I'm pretty. I've already decided that he ain't the guy, and I think that he's gonna prove here in the next couple weeks that he's in way over his head, and he's already on his way out. I don't think that they, they can turn this team around. I think this season's already a lost cause because I don't think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I think it was a shitty hire upon on their part, and. Just well, they ruined another quarterback like they always do. I saw an interesting thing on Twitter. It was like John Fox, right? He wanted wanted a guy, so he went and got Trubisky, and then that whole coaching staff. No, went he did out. not want. He did not want Trubisky. Well, so okay, so yeah, that's actually the thing. So he didn't want Trubisky. He, he wanted Watson. Well, he yeah. wanted Watson, and then Pace went behind his back and the personnel staff and drafted Trubisky. So I guess that's what Fox is left with. So, yeah, this is what the tweet was. John Fox is left with a guy who he doesn't want, gets fired. They bring in Matt Nagy. He's left with a guy who he doesn't want. So they go get another one. Nagy gets, gets fields. Then he gets fired. Eberflus is brought in. It's looking like it's not the guy that he wanted. So It's are, a vicious cycle. Are you just going to keep letting it go, or are you going to let him bring someone well, in that's that he likes? That's the problem with this organization is they do everything bass backwards. It's they have never done it right as far as hiring a GM first, then hiring a coach first, and then having that coach pick their quarterback. It's always been backwards. And now with Kevin Warren in place at president, somebody who actually knows football, you know, I have a little sliver of hope that he may actually be able to do this thing around and do it properly. I didn't know because it sure sell it. Use with the Bears. At what point though? Do I you throw I throw that word around lightly. <laughs> but at, at what point? Nice. I mean, these 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 men because they're men are professionals, and some of them have been doing this for a few years, and they're they're not stupid by any means. They know these play calls. They know these things. Who are you referring point, to? Coaches or players? Players. At what point do we? put a little bit more of the blame onto them for 
giving more of a shit than they do instead of saying, well, the coach is always the cop out because at, I mean, I've coached, I've coached youth sports before. Like, so nothing near anywhere close to the NFL. And if those, like my sixth graders didn't buy into what I was saying, like you, 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 they just, they were running around like chickens with their heads cut off. I can only imagine when you bring grown ass men together and they don't buy into what you're saying. Like, how is that always the coach's fault? Because some people just don't believe in what other people say, and that's their opinion, and totally, like, I respect that, right? Like, some people aren't the happy, clappy, woo, I'm going to motivate you, and some people aren't, don't like Bill Belichick. Like, it's just, I get it. But at what point do we start saying, hey, Justin Fields, or maybe not Justin Fields because he's younger, but there's some of these older guys where it's like, what have you been doing for the last five years? Like, I, I you've feel been like, coasting? I feel like it's kind of an issue of you have to create your own culture right and i think Eberflus and a lot of these young coaches are thrown into teams that they didn't get to build so they don't get to control who they have on their team especially first and second year i think if i'm a co i i take an exact like you look at Belichick and you look at pete carroll they surround themselves with guys they bring in guys that they know are going to listen to them and they know that are going to buy into them and carroll's the perfect example of it if he sees red flags in a guy especially a rookie where he can't buy into a coachable attitude doesn't like a team culture they won't bring him in and i think that when you have a coach that's only there for one or two years and they can't kind of create their own culture and find those guys who are willing to because at the end of the day this is a job for the players right and their main goal whether they say it's to win super bowls or not their main goal is to get paid and if they're getting paid a lot of them exactly and some of them don't act like that no, and a lot of them, some of them, I should say, they don't care once they get their paycheck. You have to go find the guys that are going to buy into what you say, and you have to say shit that makes people want it. Like Casey said with Jonathan Gannon, who the fuck is sitting there listening to that goofy-ass dude talking about fire in people's stomachs and feeling good about that? You have to have a certain kind of aura about you to be a coach. And I think that that's why I see, you either see one of the two things, especially with these younger coaches, you either see a guy like Mike McDaniel who really knows how to communicate with these guys and treats them like equals and finds really unique and weird ways to connect with them. Or you see guys like <clears throat> Cliff Kingsbury and probably Jonathan Gannon where it's just like, I'm just kind of here. I'm, I just got thrown into this position. I don't know what I'm doing. Ugh, look at me. And it, it just doesn't work. That's just not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like my my five year old son, like, hey, you get to be dad for the day. Like, oh, that's yeah. gonna be lots of fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, these guys are like, I don't know what I'm doing, and it's like, just because Cliff Kingsbury was good at college doesn't mean anything, you know. And it's just, I, I mean, so I think it's both. I think it's both sides for sure. But I think these coaches just <clears throat> get so much blame put on them when sometimes I think those those players need to buck up, and it is a job. I don't like there's been times where I didn't like my boss, but if I sat there and pouted, guess who was getting guess who was leaving? Not my boss. No, I totally get what you're saying. But and I'm not absolving as far as the Bears issues, I'm not absolving players from any blame here either. I'm just saying a majority of their problems, this is my opinion, is on the coaches. Right. And I think in that situation for sure. Players players are not being put in a position to succeed. And that's on both sides of the ball. It's either on offense or defense. And you can go even further up on that chain, too, and look at, like, coming into the season, 
they were getting hyped up a lot because I thought Ryan Poles did a great job in the offseason of adding, you know, some good talent to this roster. And, I mean, I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team by any means, but compared to what they had last year and what he did in free agency in the draft, yeah, I thought that in the trade for DJ Moore, yeah, a lot of people were thinking that this team was going to be competitive this year. They were going to be a hell of a lot better than last year. And so far through three games, they're worse. It's like, how in the hell is that possible? How in the hell is that possible? I said it in my article last week when I wrote about that. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, supposedly improve in all these positions by the players that you added and you were playing worse than you were a year ago? That, that to me, that's on coaching. Yeah. That's not on the players. That's on, that's on coaching. I would agree with that. And plus, since it's a younger group, you know. I and, mean, and then when you and then when you hear other players from other teams that they have played talk about how easy it's been for them to, like, Shaq Barrett said it after the the Bucks beat, beat him last week when he got that interception on field, you know, on the screen pass by the goal line. They're like, "Did you know that was coming?" And he said, "Yeah." He's like, "They ran the same play the two two times before that, and it." Um, they had the same lineup, they had, or the same formation. It's like we knew exactly what they're. Well, that's do. what I think yeah. it came out like. Yeah, you know, so you get shit like that, then it's like, oh my god, like this is this is ridiculous. Like, did you see Eberflus this week? It was like, oh yeah, I think if we want to pressure the quarterback, we got to start sending five, maybe even six guys. He said that's yes, like yeah. a, a revolutionary. It's like yeah, you gotta you gotta send more guys than are blocking you want to pressure the quarterback but obviously we, we can talk about this team all day long and for those at <clears> home <throat> who are wondering it has been 15 minutes so we got close to that 20 minute mark but yeah please move on i'm just there's like like a fat old dude that's like playing madden and he's playing with the bears and he just doesn't know how to play football and so he's they like it's just like we're living, we're like in a simulation, and he's just sitting there playing Madden, drinking his so Mountain Dew. I will bring up that I have started team. after they lost so badly last week. I have started a franchise of the Bears on Madden, and it's on all Madden, and I am currently one and four. So maybe it is just a roster thing, or maybe that's just a me thing. Yeah, but I don't know if you're an NFL coach. Well, I feel like maybe playing it's just somebody playing their video games. You know, and we're just in a big simulation, and you know. I will say that it, I I let the Broncos score fifty five, so hopefully that's not uh, indicative <laughs> of what happens. But moving on, um, the the Vikings and Chargers game I think was everything that I wanted it to be, but <laughs> tragic at the same time. It was two teams that were just trying their hardest to give away a win to another team. It's it's almost like they were playing for each other, and I feel like that's just beautiful. That's like poetry in motion. It's like they didn't want to give – they didn't want either of them to win. They were like, we, we'll feel bad. No, you win. No, it's like, like, here you go. It's like when you bump into somebody and you try to get by them and you just keep moving the same way. And it's like, oh, 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 sorry. Like it yeah. was – the mo- I mean, just two – Kirk and Herbert both just went off. I think Herbert had over 400 passing yards. He had, four, he had 405, I think, in – Three touchdowns? Three touchdowns, and then they had four total passing touchdowns because Keenan Allen had, like, a 50-yard trick play touchdown. Yeah. Um, but Keenan Allen had, like, a 200-plus yard receiving performance, currently trying to trade yeah, he, Calvin Ridley off. for 
him. We'll see if uh, my league mate's dumb enough to do that. But obviously, <laughs> what none of us want to see is um, a that game having to end. Um, I mean, Kirk just having the worst luck once again and just getting a ball tipped three times into an interception is probably one of the best analogies for the entire Viking season I think I've ever seen. Um, well, don't yeah, don't waste thirty seconds trying to get up to the line uh, when you I, have a first and goal from the four yard line. That was the stupidest thing I had ever fucking seen. I'm like, <laughs> what are that, you doing? That was like their... so. I mean, they they deserve that. They deserve yeah. to to throw get an interception like that because they wasted so much time. I, I keep seeing things on Twitter, and it's like, <clears throat> man, the uh, the Justin Jefferson trade request is gonna hit like a truck. <laughs> do, do you do you think that's a possibility that he gets fed up and wants? Cause I, I mean, I don't think so. But losing starts to bring out a lot of feelings that people didn't think that they could feel. I got Zach Wilson's replacement for you. Are you ready? Oh, Kirk Cousins. I think the Jet. I think the Jets trade Kirk for Kirk Cousins. Uh, yeah, I, Zach Wilson. He was one. He was one that one that I thought they would try to trade for right after Rodgers got hurt. Yeah, and just because I mean, you think about Kirk Cousins. I mean, he would have. I mean, he wouldn't have Justin Jefferson. You know, he would have relatively good weapons. I mean, they're they're not the greatest, but they're not the worst. But having a good defense behind him, knowing that when he gets out there, he's gonna like you know actually not have to. You know, he's not gonna have to go out there and throw for like fifty five times just to just to keep up. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, he would be... I think that team would be kind of scary again. Can you he, trust Kirk behind a line that's that bad, though? Because he can't move. That I mean, that's why Aaron Rodgers is sitting at home. I mean, I guess. Get it out fast enough. Uh, but I'm, I don't know. I feel like if that happens, if I'm Justin Jefferson, I just stop showing up and hope that they get the picture. Because, <laughs> I mean, Zach Wilson is probably the most, like... I guess, like, Vikings player I could ever imagine, though. It's like, yeah, I feel like that'd be a great fit. Just kind of hanging out, hanging out in in Minnesota, <laughs> just doing his thing. Like that, That's a very Zach Will, a whole new bunch of isn't mothers that, that like, he could go after. Where, like, all the working moms go to, like, to, like, it's, like, working mom, like, central, like, capital. He could just United go States. hang out at the Mall of America and just kind yeah, of Yeah, it would be shot. perfect. He would absolutely love it. But, um, I mean... Yeah, I think Zach Jefferson's the definitely the first season. one to go in that in that sense. I mean, I don't think they would get rid of Kirk Cousins, but no. yeah, if I'm Justin Jefferson, if I if we lose next week, yeah, I, I'm out. I, yeah, I would say that quick. Wow. Um, obviously, on the other side, um, just another putrid, putrid defensive performance against. I mean, I don't think you can stop really an offense like that. Before he went down, Mike Williams was also just balling out, and um, they don't have a run game right now, which I really wish they would have, and it kind of looks like that Austin Eckler will be sitting in my IR for a third straight week before they go into the bye. Um, but the Chargers offense is just kind of clicking, but obviously what headlined that game was Williams going down um, with what turned out to be a season-ending ACL injury, and that's just... I. I'm so gutted for the guy. He just cannot keep himself healthy, and that just, I, that I feel like is going to be pretty demoralizing to a team that's already been struggling this year. 
just because of the fact, like, when you see a guy go through an injury that many times, it's just, especially a guy that impacts the game as much as him, how do you think they even bounce back from this, like, mentally? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Said I've, Mike Williams has been, when he's healthy, he's been one of the best receivers in the league, but. I mean, the dude's injury-prone for sure. I do. I feel bad for him, too. Like, he can never seem to stay healthy, and it really hurts that team. It really hurts them looking for, for playmakers. And, yeah, I I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, they've played without him before, but I just to see it happen again and again, you just feel terrible for the guy. And I think it's almost you got to look at it as we got to do it for him. I mean, any, like any sort of injury, you got to do it for him and try to keep him in your mind. Because he, he's a dude, he's put in a lot of work, and he just can't catch a break. And he deserves to be out there and play and deserves to, you know, be the player he is. But it's kind of just real – just shitty to see him go down like that continuously and yeah yeah i really don't know like you can't you're the charges you can't let losing a guy like that affect you too much but it's obviously going to affect you because of the player he is yeah he gives that offense a whole nother dynamic when he's in there and he's healthy i mean you've seen that over the last few years when he hasn't been in the lineup and yeah so it's going to be another adjustment for them moving forward um but I don't trust Brandon Steely. <laughs> I think the only reason that they want the only reason they won on Sunday is because Kevin O'Connell out Staley'd Brandon Staley. <laughs> like I didn't think that would be possible, but he proved it. It is. Like, well, I mean, like, this wow. is this is the same Vikings team from last year. Like me and Nate have had a lot of arguments about this. Like the Vikings were never that great. It's just games like this they would win last year, and that's why. Yeah, they, they, they what they won eleven games by one score. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. It, it was like just last year. Anything yeah. that could go their way last year was, and now it just seems like. No, this year it's not. Yeah, yep, exactly. They're just they're not catching those breaks anymore. And like I said, I think that kind of goes to show you just in the NFL as a whole how razor thin those margins are. Because I mean, yeah, because they're having the greatest season. I mean, you know, you, Nate, you said. I mean, Kirk Cousins can throw for six thousand yards and go zero and seventeen. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in saying they had a lot better defense last year, but, I mean, my God, that that unit's bad. But, But, I mean, at what point, like, I mean, it's like, you know, this this is always a college football argument, at least I think, you know, like these high-powered offenses, you know, we don't really need a defense. I mean, I feel like that kind of is translating a little bit into the NFL, and so it's like... You know, if they're putting up the numbers that they're putting up, I mean, I don't know. It just it just seems weird that last year they were relatively, you know, they were okay winning all these one-score games. And now this year, I mean, yeah, he's on pace to, you know, break records and they can't win a game. And it's just, it's, it's, it's the NFL at, at its finest for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So looking ahead now, we got uh, – I mean, it's not a great week of football, but there definitely are some great games. Before we go into that, we have um, 
what are we in on, Gabe, and what are we out on this week? What what's our looking into next week? What are we what are we thinking? Ah, well, I'm pretty sure um, next time you guys see me, I'm gonna shave all of this and just have the Gardner Mitchell stash because um, <laughs> I yeah he he's I love him. Um, so I mean uh, the obvious pick is the <clears throat> Dolphins. I'm not gonna go with the obvious pick because that's too easy. My team of the week this week, though, I would say it would, would be the Colts. Um, you know, with what they're doing without Jonathan Taylor, you know, Anthony Richardson, I mean, you know, he he's not coming out like guns blazing, but, you know, he's playing well, and I think he's going to really help them. And, you know, Gardner Minshew coming in and, and really helping them, um, you know, because they could easily be 0-3 as well. Um, but, you know, they're sitting at 2-1. and um and, you know, it begs the question, you know, does this allow Gardner Minshew to have another revitalization at somewhere else? Or does he keep, you know, kind of staying it as Richardson's backup to kind of help him progress throughout the year? Because I think, I think Minshew is a good, a good enough quarterback in that. Could um, Gardner go to the sorry. Jets, do you think? What's that? Could Gardner go to the Jets? Would that be even a consideration? Um, I don't know. I mean... Any, I mean, my grandma, yeah. who's dead, could be better than than Zach Wilson. So, I mean, I, yes and no. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, what do the Jets want out of that? Uh, you know, out of the season, are are they, you know, are they just gonna tank? I mean, because while Aaron Rodgers will be back next year, he's not. I mean, he's not gonna be what he was. You know, so do they tank? I don't know. I mean, but I think Minshew is is creating an, an argument for himself um, by. You know, for sure. But um, so that would be my team of the week. Um, I was impressed by them. Um, but I got three. I got three. We're going to do this again. Three cross-off teams. Right. You guys don't know this. So um, I'm curious what you think. Because I think blind. I think I tried to pick some that are going to be a little tougher. Mm. All right. So I got the Rams. Okay. Going one and two. They've lost two games in a row. Right. They're going into Indianapolis looking decent um i got the who was my other team before i say this third team um (laughs) oh crap (laughs) this is why you write things down folks it is because i have it on my phone but my phone's down there because my arms are short um (laughs) um I can't remember. Um, but the other, the third team was Minnesota. I had them as, as oh, it was the Titans, the Tennessee Titans. Um, and I, they were the, the third team that I felt like was just, I just don't think they're going to go anywhere. But the Vikings, I think, are in a pivotal moment of what in the world do we do? So in my opinion, because, I mean, I think the Vikings could easily come back and go 9-7 and seven and win that division or become a wild, be a wild card team. I'm crossing off the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, Dunzo. Kirk Cousins has run throw for 8,000 yards. I don't give a shit. They're not going to the playoffs. They're my <laughs> cross-off team for the week. I don't, I don't know how you can look at any team on that list besides the Titans and think it's anyone but them. I wrote in the recap that will go up tonight. I kind of shit on the Titans a little bit. Ryan over the hill, um, just 
QBR of our he was ranked 33rd in QBR last week of 32 teams. So already not uh, um, <laughs> the most stellar performance. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry just looked old and tired, just like pretty much the entire Titans team. There's little to no youth on the team. Uh, there's Mike Vrabel. He's not doing nothing to kind of get them going. I feel like the only reason why we're not talking about how bad the Titans are right now is because, it, A, it's the Titans, and, B, there were two teams that just got beat a lot worse than 27-3. Uh, to 3. Allowing, which, granted, the Browns and Deshaun Watson looked pretty good in that game, but letting a the team... Browns, the defense looked pretty good. The, well, I think especially now with the, with the Trayvon Diggs injury, that is the best defense in the NFL. But... I mean, I it has to be the Titans for me because they've just been the most boring, bland, uninspired team the past two games I've seen outside of maybe New England, which that might just be my New England hatred seeping in. But no, mine's unequivocally the Titans. Is it time to bring in the male coffee drinking freak? I think it is. <laughs> so I think it's so funny because, like, is Malik Willis just rotting in hell? Like who do you bring? Who do you bring out? Like which one? Which one is it? Can I? Can I real quick? Can I rebut real quick? Just like why? I I think because that division is so bad. And granted, you know it looks as if though the Colts may run away with it. Blah blah. But Mike Vrabel, I don't know. He he's like a poor man's Pete Carroll a little bit. I think he knows how to get his guys to play. Yeah, sometimes. he's a good and coach. I think, he's a good I coach. Think he'll get those guys. <clears throat> You know, when they're, you know, they're four and five or, you know, even, you know, four and four and they're right there. I think he'll, I think he'll motivate them. I think with the Vikings, he just, you got so much talent and you're still sitting there at 0 and 3. You know, I mean, you're going to Carolina, which you should win, but who knows in the world without, you know, well, Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket looks like he, you know. Seahawks know. tried their damnedest to make him look really good, which granted, Two of his scores came off of garbage time and like busted coverage, but he can still find. Adam Thielen looks like he can move again, and I think that he's gonna have not that hard of a time going up against a bad, bad, bad Vikings defense. But Casey, Nate, what, what are you guys thinking about these? Well, I think it's. I agree with you. The Titans are the ones I want to cross off, but. Because I, I feel like with Minnesota, it's kind of a toss-up. Once they realize they want the guys that are wearing purple to win, they're going to start winning games <laughs> with how talented that team is. But until they realize that, they could very easily lose their next few games and just kind of their season's gone to hell. Or like you said, they could bounce back, finish with a winning record, and win their division. So it's kind of a weird one for the Vikings, and I don't want to cross them off yet. And I feel like the Titans, it's just – I no faith in Ryan Tannehill and I, I feel like they would be better off with whoever they want to put in Malik Willis or Will Levis like I, th- I feel like one of them could be a better quarterback in this league right now than him and they might be able to improve that team but they just there's nothing interesting about that team I mean Derrick Henry we know what he's gonna do but he isn't even doing that much right now and DeAndre Hopkins is old. Our friend was trying to tell me to draft Tajay Spears because he said that Derrick Henry was over. And I told him that if you have a, about as big of a makeshift O-line than you can, 
Tajay Spears isn't going to do shit. If Derrick Henry can't do yeah. anything, a rookie's not going to do anything. No. Didn't, yeah. didn't Will Levis's girlfriend break up with him? Yeah. yeah. He beat, like, yeah I he, think so, yeah. yeah he <laughs> like, he'll play like that like high school player that's pissed off and heartbroken <laughs> at the prom. He's like, go play. And he'll just go kick ass. Go out with eye black all down his face. Exactly. <laughs> the Ray Lewis just. Yeah. <clears throat> Casey, what are your thoughts on uh, bad teams? No, I, I agree with everything you guys said on the Titans. You know, I think you explained it perfectly, Cole. I think they're just a bland, boring team. And they ride Derrick Henry way too much because Ryan Tannehill can't do anything. They're in a one-dimensional offense like that is way too damn easy for teams to prepare for. And like I said, and, uh, Henry can't carry that load anymore. He can't carry the team on his back. And, yeah, they do play in a in a shitty division, but they're not going to contend for it. I mean, I think their only hope right now is, yeah, you need to turn to, to Willis or Levis to see what you've got, see if you can generate a spark. Because Tannehill's or something going to do anything? I don't see that happening. You know, Vrabel is a good coach. You know, he he'll he'll keep them somewhat competitive, but they're not going to do anything to challenge for the division, in my opinion. And the Vikings, just because, if, like you're saying, Kirk Cousins is having a great season, but honestly, I don't know if he's gonna if he's long for staying there. Like I, if they lose another, lose at least two out of their next four, um, I think there's a possibility that he may be shipped out of town by the trade de- deadline. Maybe to the Jets. I said I thought he was going to be one of their number one targets when Rodgers went down. If if Minnesota started off horribly like they are, um. You know, they're still a really good offensive team, but the defense is, you know, still leaves a lot to be desired. But they, once again, they're, they'll at least, they should be able to stay in contention for the division, but I don't think that that's going to last very long either because Detroit's going to run away with it. You know, I think Green Bay is better than people thought they were going to be too, so they're not going to be a rollover. And they um, have to play the Bears. <laughs> there's two. There, there's two wins they'll get this <laughs> year. Yeah, Gabe, you, you bring up an interesting point by saying the Rams because I think that at what point are they starting to just, uh, in the words of a very famous coach, are are they just, uh, are they just who we thought they were, and it was just a week one case of Seattle, a not being ready and b playing down to their opponent because. For at least the past two weeks, yeah, they've looked like who we thought they were coming into the season. So I feel like it's kind of interesting to have a team. Because out of those three teams going into the season, you would have thought they would have been the worst by far. So, like, crossing off a team that I never really thought was going to be able to get off the ground anyway. Like, I think they make an interesting candidate, but I think that's why they're not kind of garnering more attention. It's just kind of we all expected them to be like this. I think that's fair. I think, I mean, I think for them, it's just, I, I give them another week. Um, and, you know, I, they're actually my um, intriguing game at the, you know, one of the intriguing games this week, because I think if they aren't able to, you know, with 
Puka Nakua or however you say his name and Tutu Atwell, like I think they just you're not going to be able to continue to go with those guys. And I think it's just time to start, you know, looking looking elsewhere. And you know, Matt Stafford, I think he got a Super Bowl and you know is good to go. But that's why I didn't pick him. But I think next week, depending on what they do, could be. So that's that's actually a pretty good segue. So do you? We want to start talking about our marquee matchups and who we got and who's just gonna play shitty shitty football <laughs> yeah i'll go first since i already i was already talking about it. but yeah i mean i like i mean i think i was looking at the injury reports today it looks like richardson is questionable he was playing with the practice team today he, I, so, there were some clips of him in practice he was throwing some yeah. missiles so, I mean, you know, if he comes back, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher of a day for the Rams. Um, so, I'm, I'm intrigued. I like I like him, Anthony Richardson. I like his build. You know, we, we talked about short quarterbacks. He is not short by any means, but he can also move. Um, and I'm really intrigued to watch him play. And, you know, I think the pressure is going to mount up a little bit. Um, but my game of the week, um, outside of, the obvious one is Baltimore-Cleveland. I love um, AFC North matchups. They're always fun. Um, and, you know, Cleveland actually has a good defense. Um, statistically, they are the best defense in the NFL right now. And I really think it's going to be a put-up-or-shut-up game for uh, Lamar Jackson and see how good he really is um, this year. Um, and I got the... Um, <coughs> I got the Browns um, squeaking a close one out. Those North uh, AFC North games are always fun, like that, where you know, weird last second field goal or something like that. But that I think that's gonna be a fun one to watch. I'm really bummed out that it's not um, that we gotta watch the the T Swizzle or T Swift um, hype again on Sunday night because I think that would be a a fun Sunday night game in Cleveland um, with a rivalry like that. But that's that's who I got my game of the week. America has. Baltimore overwhelmingly 62% winning that game. Well, which, America can suck it. That's what I, go I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be taunting the go Browns. Um, that, that, that's a bad rabbit hole Cleveland in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks last week. So those, shut those, out. I said those once DTR is in, then yes. I will make that distinction now. Um, but Casey, uh, you have the obvious game of the week, so uh, let's talk about the team that almost broke records. Yeah, Dolphins Bills. So it should be in for a good slobber knocker here uh, in this AFC East battle. Uh, yeah, Dolphins are playing unbelievable football right now. You know, it's yeah, putting up seventy on the Broncos last week. That was pretty spectacular to see i mean they looked i mean any unstoppable doesn't even describe how they were playing like it was they were on a whole another planet it looked like and obviously the bills defense been playing really well they they shut down uh an offense that was coming in pretty hot last week with the commanders and they made them look very suspect um I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I mean, as as well as the Bills D's been playing, I don't think there's any. I mean, you might be able to slow them down a bit, but you're not going to stop this Miami attack. I mean, 
that they they're clicking on all cylinders right now, and they're damn fun to watch. I mean, you know, the the biggest matchup in that game is going to be the Dolphins' defense against Josh Allen and the Bills' offense, which, who they have uh, kind of picked it up the last two weeks after a pretty lackluster opening week one against the Jets. So, yeah, th- I, that one's going to be by far the best game of the week to watch, and um, I can't wait to watch it. And then my other what the over under is on that game? Uh, it has um... to be high. Well, and I mean. Obviously, these teams before being division rivals have had some really good games, but, I mean, their game last year, I think, week two or three, was one of the best games of the that season. That was a good game, yeah. That was a really good game. That the it's Dolphins didn't end up pulling out. I'm not seeing... Oh, 54. Really? So if, oh, wow. Okay. So, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. A lot of faith in the Bills defense, I guess. Yeah. Casey, what's the other uh, game? I don't know how you can follow up that one, but then my other matchup is coming out of the NFC East, and that's the Commanders and the Eagles. Sam Eagles, uh, yeah, <laughs> Sam Howell can can he rebound after a pretty shitty performance against the Bills last week? Um, and can the Eagles continue to build momentum after a pretty Good win on Monday night against the Bucks. Uh, Jalen Hurts still hasn't looked like himself from last year. He's still trying to figure some things out. He's still trying to get on the same page as some of his receivers. So he hasn't been throwing the ball great, but the running game has been pretty stellar. You know, kind of been been holding him up, and the defense has been playing spectacular. So, and really interested to see what Eric Bieniemy is going to do with the commander's offense if he can turn it around and especially going up against said one of the top three defenses so far through three weeks and with the eagles so you know those nfc east games they're they're always freaking slugfests and i think this one's not going to be any different i think it's going to be another close game i don't think anybody's going to run away with it um but see if Washington can bounce back, and I said, let's see if the Eagles can counter that and just keep building on what they've been doing for the first three weeks. I'm I'm trying to find the thing that I saw on Jalen Hurts, but I think it was something like he's only lost since 2021, I think, two regular season games that he started in. It was some just yep. dumb number yep. like that. It's- and I don't even know if I want to get into the man whining that is the discussion around the tush push. Uh, <laughs> just be better at stopping it. I it's football. Get over it. That's what that's what I have to say on it. That you guys might feel differently on that, but no, I don't. I, I agree. Just do what you can. Yeah, so, yeah can. stop it. It that's ain't going uh, anywhere. At least this season, so no. <laughs> Nate, what do you right. what do you got? So my first game, I got the Bengals Titans as one of the games I'm gonna watch because Bengals still haven't looked very good this year. And I was looking into some numbers, and Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill right now have some very similar stats on the season. They're both around 550 <laughs> passing yards, and Joe Burrow probably has about 20 more attempts and completions <laughs> than Ryan Tannehill in both respective categories. Yeah, he's averaging like two <laughs> yards per attempt so, or something. Yeah, there's just like, 
can they become what they were last year, I guess, is the question. They looked a little bit better this last week, but I don't know. They, they're still, like, struggling. And the Titans, like I, I was saying earlier, there's nothing cool going on in Tennessee, but this I don't know. If, if the Bengals aren't going to play good, it might be a game. I mean, they, I don't know who they got on defense to stop Derrick Henry. I this mean, this game just sounds like torture porn. It's... <laughs> It's, it's just gonna be nothing fun. It's gonna be well. That's how both mine are. Cause my uh, game of the week actually is the Buccaneers at Saints, and that one is just gonna be some football. Cause both these teams. James <laughs> Winston revenge game. Both <clears throat> these teams are teams. They're not gonna go out and blow you away on offense. They're not gonna shut you out. But they're gonna. They're gonna score a few touchdowns each, but they're also gonna be playing really hard, really fast on defense. And I mean. Jameis Winston out there, we might see four touchdowns and five interceptions from one team. So I like I've never seen a man who can throw a one to one ratio with thirty five touchdowns. I mean, I think that <laughs> I think impressive. it I is think pretty impressive. Yeah, I think that game just comes down to a lot of what what Baker Mayfield shows up. Yeah, to. which Baker Mayfield? That's what I'm saying. Which Jameis Winston shows up and which Baker Mayfield shows up? Which I think that'll be really interesting because. It is going to either be the worst game ever or it could be a blowout just depending on which quarterbacks decide to show up for that day. I'm confused on what you mean when you say which Jameis Winston because this is just always Winston's Yeah, I guess game. it's always just <laughs> – I guess it's more of is he going to throw a lot of touchdowns and interceptions <coughs> or just kind of like one of each and not really do anything. I do think the Saints are kind of playing with some black magic if they – got a Jimmy Graham touchdown in 2023 that's a I don't know what they're what they're doing over there um, but I guess that is a perfect segue into the team that I picked for this week were the ones that let up said uh, old man score my first game I got tomorrow's prime time uh, Lions and Packers nice little NFC North uh, bout Three quarter. I mean, last week the Packers just played three quarters of just really putrid football. Like, just nothing looked good. Jordan Love, uh, it was something I was reading today. He has the highest missed target rate out of any quarterback in the NFL, and that's not drops. That's just him. He had a couple in this game where he's just, just terribly overthrowing his receivers, especially on the deep balls downfield, which I don't know if that's – how he approaches them or if he has a little more trust in leading them but i mean i on the a lot of people aren't trusting the packers at all which i understand but they have the margin a lot lower than i thought for this game because i mean i feel like it's going to be a pretty good game but according to espn it only has 27 percent of people picking the packers to win which I don't necessarily think they're going to win, but I feel like they should be able to... I feel like they match up against Detroit pretty well. Um, they've historically matched up against them pretty well. They have always delivered good games against Detroit, and obviously that was the Aaron Rodgers effect, but I feel like that's going to be a little better than tw only 27% of people picking them. I'm still going to go with the Lions, but... I think it's going to be a lot better game than people realize, or maybe it's just going to be a regular Thursday night game and just be the most awful football you've ever seen in your life. Um, but my other game, purely not because of any on-field product, but out of just sheer curiosity of how 
the broadcast is going to go. It is the Toy Story version of the Jaguars and Falcons. <laughs> Not the normal London game, because who gives a shit about that? I want to see these guys playing in Andy's room. I want to see Calvin Ridley get me maybe four fantasy points in a crucial matchup, but at least he looks cool and is animated. Um, <laughs> I feel like... So like yeah, what's up? Well, I was just so like when the players get tackled, or or like, are they gonna like put on the screen Andy's coming and everybody has to like they just fall down? Like just I, like like I said, just out of the sheer curiosity of how they're going to have to do this, and which most likely it's just gonna be just a shit show, but at least it's gonna be for our viewing pleasure. Um, and like I said, it's probably gonna take the sting out of Calvin Ridley dropping eight targets a little bit better. But I feel like the Falcons are one uh, Desmond Ritter away from being a pretty good football team. I feel like it all depends on whether he wants to actually remember how to throw a football or just miss Kyle Pitts on a wide-open touchdown 40 yards down the field like he did last week. Um, I think Arthur Smith, like I said last week, he knows how to win football games. Um, and I think they have all the talent they need. They got a very high-powered offense in a a really, really underrated defense, especially in their cornerbacks and safeties. But it just all kind of comes down to whether or not they want to show up. Um, with that being said, I do have Jacksonville winning. This is another one which I think is a lot. 74% uh, of people have picked Jacksonville, which I'm kind of surprised that people have that much faith in them after just turning out two bad performances. But, like I said, I don't know. At worst, I'm going to have to wake London up. London games are weird. At, yeah, uh, like I, mean, I said, I'm going to have to wake up at 7.30 to watch uh, just bad football. But not worth. Are it. you really going to wake up at 7.30 to watch football? The last time I did this when the Seahawks had the German <laughs> game last year, I woke up at 6 just to watch them get shit on by Tom Brady. And I, I probably <laughs> slept for five hours after that because I was so pissed. It was like a little depression nap because that – that was when they started their slide, too, so that was just, like, a game. which, But, no, I mean, I have nothing better to do on Sunday, so I'm probably going to wake up and watch it, honestly. All right, all right. Yeah, I will not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a Bijan Robinson lover, um, just like the next guy, but it's not worth watching him look like a freaking G.I. Joe soldier running around the field getting tackled by ragdolls. So um, <laughs> I'll, watch the, uh, I'll watch the replay on that one for sure, but... And so bragging rights of the week, it was a bad week for literally everybody. <laughs> um, with that being said, eight and seven was the winning score. I believe that was both Nate and Gabe who managed just barely over 500, which we have, we had two, eight, two, eight and sevens and two, five and nines, right? Seven and eight, and then five me and... at five and nine. So I, I set the bar once again, <laughs> but I'm feeling a lot more confident in my picks this week. I feel like this is a little bit of an easier week to pick. I feel like last last week just had Don't some say that. Now it's just got yeah, super hard. You just jinxed it. Backwards. Well, yeah, I know. Um, but, I mean, moving on from football a little bit, uh, I don't want to talk about baseball right now. It, it's just, oh come on! So Let's I talk do, about I, baseball. The the one thing that I will say, uh, and I'm gonna move on so very quickly from this is that 
I would like to retract my statement about lack of winning culture. Um, I, the, I am the sole reason why the Seattle Mariners are not going to make the playoffs. Um, but at least maybe Scott Service can get fired and we will actually have some competent um, managerial <coughs> decisions. Um, that's all I want to talk about baseball because this is just too rough. Is the game over? Who's winning the game? It's 8-3. Eight 8-3 to three. Eight to three. Yeah, in the bottom of the 8th. So pretty much this is season <laughs> over, right? The... Yeah, I think this game's the, the nail in the coffin. Okay. There, I don't see them getting a wild card spot after tonight. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of the way that I'm trying to look at it right now. Is it's gonna hopefully force this uh, front office to be held accountable for the piss poor off season they had last year, and um, you know put their feet to the fire a little bit as. A, tweet that i just uh reposted because they they need it do you think that this helps them go after otani more do you think this exits them from that conversation too no i think it it would probably help them go after him more for sure i think i think it exits him from them yeah that's, I, that's, I, that's the other I mean. way around might be that's what yeah. i mean yeah yeah. Do you yeah. think Him, that uh, service staying or being gone would have more of an effect on whether he'd want to be there or not? No. I doubt it, but... I was I was listening to, um, uh, what's that, Passan, Jeff Passan, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. just he was breaking down Otani's contract <laughs> and how he came when he was like 23 and how he could have waited two years and gotten the huge contract but he just loves baseball so much that he wanted to come and play and he just wanted to be competitive so he took the smaller contract so i don't think otani cares i mean you could be the manager of the mariners and he'll still come and play baseball i think it's just a matter of whether or not he wants to pull whether or not he knows and, and it's not if if he it's it's if he knows that where he is going is going to be competitive and going to get into the playoffs because you can't be that good and never see the playoffs. I mean, that would be like, I couldn't, I would, I, I couldn't go through the history of sports and think of somebody who is as good as that person and never potentially never see the playoffs. So I, I think he's, that's really going to go into his decision on where he goes. On a, on a larger scale, it would pretty much just be Griffey never getting a ring anywhere i mean obviously it's a different degree of playing in a world series versus but i mean it's the same shit that the mariners have always done they did it with griffey they did it with edgar they did it with felix with ichiro they did it with ichiro um they're looking to do it with julio if they don't get their shit turned around um oh, julio's young enough I, I mean, I, I just think I, I just think that's the thing is the Mariners organization has it, it, no offense, Casey here, but kind of like the Bears organization, they really kind of dug themselves into a hole mm -hmm. that it's really hard to get out of. And you got some bright spots like Julio and you got Luis Castillo. But when your overall culture is, eh, we didn't make the playoffs, but we got close. Woohoo! Cheap. That's not gonna cut. So it. this reminds me of what last summer, last August, when we kind of first had the concept to make this thing. I vividly remember, Gabe, you talking about how much you disliked. It was up at the cabin, up the lake, and you were talking about how much you disliked the Mariners because of that reason, because it's just the, oh, man, well, well, you know, we're 
we're just the lovable underdogs and we don't get anything done, but at least people love us. Like I'm starting to see what you mean by that. And I think that Scott service is trying to play into that way too much. My Fuck, only he, hope, should have, he should have been fired with the lineup he put out there tonight in itself. Just the, you, you my, my laughing at your guys's reaction <clears throat> when the Mariners took first place, I think maybe makes a little bit more sense because that to me is Seattle sports. We're in first place three months before the season is over. And I get where you guys are coming from. You know, you guys haven't seen, but it's like. Keep in mind, that was the team, latest they've been in first place in <clears throat> since before I was born. So, like, right, I can cheer that's about cool, that. But that's not and and to be too. fair, and to be fair, I want to add one thing about that as well. Is the how far behind they were the Rangers after the all-star game and they came back and overtook them to lead the division. I think for me, that was what all the excitement was in that. It's like, it's like, holy shit, they were, you know, five weeks ago, they were 10 games back of them. And now they're a game ahead of them. Like that was pretty unprecedented. So and if I could give you ago. two thumbs up, I would, but that doesn't do, I mean, that just doesn't <laughs> do anything in October. And I think that's the thing that bothers me about all of my friends and, people that are Mariners fans and they're like, Oh yeah, at least we did that. Well, guess who you're going to watch winning a world series and it's not coming to Seattle, you know? And it's just, it, there, come, there comes a point where you, you have to be like the Yankees and be a little bit more ruthless. And, and I think for them, you know, unfortunately they see the seasons like they're having now where they're just God awful, but that's not going to last. They're going to come back. You know, we're, we're going to see the Yankees being really good in the next, you know, two years. Um, the Mariners, I can't say the same because everybody's cool with, you know, like you're saying, Casey, the lineups that they're trotting out. They're not, I mean, if I, I was a, if I was going to Safeco Field 60 or 81 times a year, I'd be booing them. This is just ridiculous. There's no reason why you're 10 game, you're, you get the last 10 games of the season that, you know, it's all in your hands and you go out and get swept. I mean, there's just no reason for it. And, and there's no reason for the Mariners fans to say, ah, we tried because, that's not getting you anything. The only yeah, thing you sure, you sure it's only going to get me saying that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to be one of those happy-go-lucky fans. Like, oh, you know, at least we got close. At least we tried. No, never, yeah. never do that shit with my teams. Ever. The only thing that I can hope <laughs> is that this is like this team's 1994 moment before that uh, strike-shortened season. The Mariners, with an extremely talented roster, just were crashing and burning, and then they go on what two, three years of just deep playoff baseball but i don't know if i see that with this team unless they make especially in such a top heavy free agency market that just there's not much there but then again we thought that last year's free agency market especially with the shortstops was extremely star-studded and a lot of them were non-factors this year so you still have to hit free agency you still have to see what you can get through trades uh, do you bring teoscar hernandez back i i don't think so because when he's good yeah he's really good but i feel well, like there's and, just been too much this season of oh man this is just kind of the worst at bats i've ever seen taken games like tonight proved it <clears throat> he had two at bats tonight with runners in scoring position and struck out both of them that's the kind of shit that you don't need to see from a guy that you trade for to bring in and hoping that he's going to help alleviate some issues in those situations but no he's done nothing but exacerbate those issues i, I think you can't justify pisses that. me off what my catalyst is for judging 
if this team truly wants to win or not is if they trot out Ty France as their first baseman next year, I'm not going to watch any game that season until he's gone. <laughs> that is a perfect indication of whether or not this team wants to win. And if they don't make a true and considered effort to go upgrade at that position, I don't care if he's a big vibes guy because from everything I've seen, he is. Everybody loves him in the locker room. Vibes don't win fucking games when it you hit a baseball like he does 99% of the time. And I'd take a guy who can hit 280, 30 home runs, and maybe who's a little bit of an asshole over a golden retriever who everybody loves, but can hit a home run maybe once every month. So, I mean, at- you, yeah, I mean, I, like for me, like, you know, Vladimir Guerrero, you know, everybody loves him. He's this happy go lucky. He's like, he's Vladdy's son. I give two shits. He sucks. Get get him out of there, like, and that's the kind of that's the kind of attitude that the Mariners need to have. I don't give, I don't care that he he came from wherever he came from, and, and he's this fun loving guy. He doesn't play baseball well. I don't want him as my first baseman anymore. And you know, the Blue Jays fans are, I think, getting closer to that. You know, being in the AL East and stuff, but it's just like the Mariners fans. It's just like, yeah, well, Ty France. Oh, cool. He took a picture with my son, so he's the greatest thing ever. It's like. Who gives a shit? I, I don't think care that's that he took why a picture with my son. 20 years of playoffless baseball and I mean they were closer in the 2000 or in the 2010s but in the 2000s being just that bad. I feel like that does something to the to the mind of a fan base where for if you're bad for that long you just kind of got to look for any silver lining you can. And now that for they sure. have the opportunity to win games, I don't think they know how to actually push their team to want to win they're still stuck in the yeah, 2009 yeah. of oh man we might have lost by 20 tonight but boy did we have some did they look like they were having some fun out there in the first inning like they, yeah the kids got to run on the field afterwards that was fun <laughs> hey kids run the bases night is a sacred institution i do not want to hear any slander about that but no i think i, I think it's just a, and I don't give a fuck if you like Ted Lasso, Scott Service. Shut up and actually coach your baseball team. I, I'm right. that is what I'm the most tired of the, the quoting of shit like that. The. Just the oh, you know we we gotta win tomorrow's game. That's that's where we are, and I think we showed a lot of fight tonight. And then, all that shit all season, and then you start to, have to face the fucking music, and you don't take questions from the media, or the media doesn't ask you any questions. Yeah, if I'm anyone, questions, that's a... <clears throat> how are you as the media not going to grill that guy? That is your job. And that's the thing. And that's the difference is the Seattle media. I, I think that's where the I think that's where the fan base gets it is the Seattle media is just like, oh, you know, yeah, you, you, you lost. Oh, poor you. But we're you know, we don't want to, you know, twist the nail and yeah, because, you know, or twist the knife because, you know, we feel bad. It's like that's your job. Twist the knife. So my question is, where where is the just terribleness that is most of, like, the Seahawks fan base? Can we get some of that in the... Because I know that, like, you, Casey, have a lot of instances as an opposing fan going to Seahawks games. Like, that kind of just, like, abhorrentness. I'm not saying I want to see that, but I want to see the kind of, like, the... Yeah, that shit is non-existent with with Mariners for sure. (laughs) Like I saw, I saw something on TikTok, and it was like you can be 
you can hate football with a passion. You can think that it's the dumbest thing in the world, but if you're from Seattle, you like the Seahawks. Like, that's... It's just kind of a thing with a lot of people, and I think the Mariners have been fucking Mariners for so long that people are just like, do you really play baseball, or are you just here to kind of have a cool moose mascot and sell Starbucks? grasshoppers i mean you yeah. know i mean they're probably w- more well known for their their concession stands than they are that the teams that they put out i mean it's just that's the best thing that they've done is the mariners value menu this year getting a mariner dog for two dollars and an uncrustable at a game is one of the best things that can be done yeah and it's and it's and it's unfortunate and you know i i i fell into that when i was younger you know when i was like oh yeah poor yeah woo-hoo, we got there and it's like now it's like no i that that's not going to get you anywhere. I mean, we, I mean, it's like the Super Bowl with the Seahawks, you know, they, they, they made it to the two yard line. Congratulations. You still lost. You're that doesn't mean anything. Thin ice here. I'm not, I'm, I would, I would, I would not. This is what I'm here for. I would not. I'm here to, I'm here to be the villain. It. I, I have just literally like I have come to terms <clears> over the past, <throat> like maybe two years with, with that instance. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I could bring it up for you. Have fun at therapy. It was the 10-year anniversary of uh, they this weekend. I didn't even talk about the Seahawks in this episode, but they had everybody back last week. They had a nice... Um, this is kind of like the same thing I'm talking about. They had a documentary on the Legion of Boom and the whole 2013 Super Bowl season, and fans knew, the players knew on that team that they were there to fucking win the Super Bowl. Russ's goofy ass was talking about how after they lost in 2012, in that divisional matchup against the Falcons, they were on that bus, and whether this is Russ just being like wanting to kiss babies or whatever, there was a conversation. There was a conversation on the bus allegedly that night that they were there to win the Super Bowl next year, and I I mean, with the dudes that were on that team, I I think so. I don't think that there's anybody sitting in the Mariners dugout tonight that's thinking, man, this loss, we. We got a taste of what this is like. Let's go win the fucking World Series next year. It's, well, maybe we can go win some electric factory, right? Like, no, there's none of that there. There's none of that killer instinct. It, obviously, baseball is a whole different type of thing, but that basic oh, instinct and this and all, is the same thing. This all is circling back around to the beginning of the episode, what we were talking about. Coaching. <laughs> it's all a reflection of coaching. Sure, and baseball, so, I will 100% agree with baseball because because you have to <clears throat> coach decides the lineup, and and those players have no say in that. Those players don't get to; they're not the quarterbacks. They get to run around. If Julio's batting eighth, he's he either bats eighth or he sits down for the rest of the night. And I, I, I nope. coaching is 100% um, one of the biggest issues with a lot of these teams. So I definitely agree with you on that one when it comes to baseball. Maybe Kalnick just needs to cut his foot off, and they'll have some voodoo magic and make the playoffs. They should but... just turn the. He should start throwing. Just start throwing um, coolers at him like baseballs, and then he'll probably start hitting something. I... Moving on from one shittily ran team <laughs> to another, um, the, we were talking about this today, and you said that you thought the Blazers got fleeced. The more I looked at, the more I just don't like the package that they got back. I was looking at the stuff. I don't think that DeAndre Ayton's a good basketball player. I think uh, the Joker kind of undressed him in the playoffs and kind of, I mean, obviously that's the best basketball player in the NBA old, right now. But He's an old school big man. Yeah. 
and he's that got shit, a shitty attitude. I that mean, shit that's don't a, fly that's in today's problem. game. He's got a terrible attitude. And yeah, he does have a shitty attitude, but he's I mean, he's an old school big man, which you don't have a lot of success in today's NBA as an old school big man, and that's what he is. And so I guess it would make sense for me to just outline the entire trade. Um, this is a lot of NBA jargon that I don't quite understand with how they trade their picks, but Lillard goes to Milwaukee as part of a three-team deal. Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tomari Kamara, and in 2029, unprotected Milwaukee first-round pick, and an unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030 to Blazers. Don't know what the fuck the shit with the That's uh, terrible. draft picks is, but I know it's not good. Phoenix gets Nurk and Grayson Allen and Nasir Little and Keon Johnson, which is really funny to me. I don't know why I don't know what, I mean, I guess they just wanted uh, DeAndre Ayton out. Yeah. Um, yes, they've been trying I, to shop him for two years. Do I know what Nurk brings to that? Not really, but he's better than DeAndre Ayton is. Um, I think my two takeaways from this are, A, Drew Holiday's probably not going to stick around very long. I feel like he doesn't fit in with the culture that, um, the Blazers are trying to build it all with the extremely young core that they have. Scoot Henderson um, and and um, Shaden Sharp, three extremely talented young guys that I just don't see Drew Holiday fitting in with, so I feel like they're going to flip him for probably either somebody considerably younger or just more draft picks. Um, and then B, who the fuck is going to stop Milwaukee in the East now? Nobody. No, nobody. I, I mean, I mean. Well, it's, I mean, I feel like every time there's a blockbuster trade, I, I say that. Like, who's going to stop that team? But, yeah, they said they solved a lot of issues with that trade and that being their outside shooting. But they also gave up one of their strengths in trading Holiday, and that was his defense. Damien. Yeah, I think when you're going to score 150 points a game. Yeah, know. But they're going to win in a lot of shootouts, like a lot of high-scoring games because... I mean, if there's a they, man they, who can win in a shootout, it is Damian Lillard. They, they ain't going to be able to, to stop anybody. I, they ain't, ain't going to be able to stop some of the more dynamic point guards in the game because that was Holiday's job. But, well, yeah, I think the thing they got about better, this trade but that, it's not... Yeah. They didn't get better by a lot. I think the thing that's different about this trade is we, never, we haven't... I, at least I can remember... Um, as an adult, we haven't really seen a, a a point guard like Damian Lillard switch teams, and 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 so I think he's I think he's gonna really make a big impact right away. Um, but I mean, on the flip side, I think the I I, I don't want to go as far as say that I think the Blazers got worse, but I don't think they got for him what they should have gotten. I think, I think they get worse I this season. season. Yeah, but I mean, I they should have you should have at least gotten a pick within the next two years. I mean, we, you're talking, you're you know, Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson are going to be, you know, five and six years deep into the league before they see that first round pick. I mean, and who knows how well that's going to go? I mean, I just I think I think Damian's worth way more than that, uh, pick wise. I think they should have at least gotten, you know, Phoenix. You know, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the pick swap thing works either. I know the unprotected thing is that, that if, I mean, you know, I guess they're assuming that Milwaukee's just going to suck by that time because Lillard will be gone. And so, you know, whatever pick that, you know, they end up with, the, the Blazers will get. But I just, I mean, they, 
I don't know. I, I just don't think it was. I think I really do think the Blazers got fleeced. And I'm just I'm I'm honestly the one thing I'm glad about is they don't have Grayson Allen. I was really worried. I heard Grayson Allen's name thrown around. I was like, please, dear God, don't come to Portland. And he went. He didn't. So I'm happy about that. But you everything bring up else, an yeah. interesting point because Anthony Simons is going to be damn near Dame's age by the time they see that pick. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, I think who comes out looking pretty good in this is Phoenix because they get a lot of depth to a team that already. They, like I said, Aiton was that big question mark on that team. They they get him out of there and they bring in. I think Nurk's a solid enough player if you scheme around him correctly. I uh, he can't do a lot of the things that I think re- are required in the more modern game, but I think the things that he can do, he can do very very well. And when he was on his game in Portland, he was pretty damn serviceable. And so I think that Kevin Durant. And the rest of the guys in Phoenix, like I said, I feel like they can do that. They can work around him very well. And I think now that they have, they have a, a pretty decent, what was already a very good kind of core lineup. I think they just kind of add to the depth of that. And having just shit bag Grayson Allen in there is kind of just a fun little, here you it's go. It's definitely funny. It, it's it's goofy. I, I don't think I have hated a guy more being a Duke fan than Grayson Allen, but... <laughs> I mean, Nasir Little though. I mean, he's gonna come off the bench, and and I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be pretty good for. He's a good, well, that, good depth piece. That's what I mean. They just get a lot for... of salt. They don't get the names that are gonna kind of draw a lot of people's attention, but they get guys that are gonna help them on the back end later in the games when your starters are tired. And I think yeah. that's bigger than a lot of people realize. But, I. Sure. Only time to tell. I, we're going to kind of get more into the NBA as it is closely approaching. Um, I am going to... I've never really been a big NBA watcher, per se. I've been waiting for the Sonics to return, but I don't think that's going to happen. Soon. It's coming. It's got to be coming. I feel like it, ha- they, it has to go to Vegas before they go to Seattle. No. No, they're coming here. Well, I, I, I know, sure hope opinion. so, because I, I, I have been on record saying this, and I will say this. I will root for the Blazers until the Sonics are back, and then any allegiance that I might have held is completely gone. <laughs> but until then, I will cover the Blazers, and um, I am very interested to see what this season has in store for them. <clears throat> um, but I feel like... If I'm Jimmy Butler right now, like he was on Instagram calling uh, for the NBA to look into tampering in Milwaukee, I don't know if I would go that far, but if I am Jimmy Butler, I'm pretty damn pissed at my front office and Pat Riley that they couldn't offer up more for Damian Lillard than Tyler Hero and... Especially for what, what they else. got. I mean, the, he could have offered a lot more. No, I, feel like, yeah. I, don't, I think so. They didn't. I don't think that Milwaukee gave up enough for Jimmy Butler to be satisfied because they really didn't gut their team that much. At least it doesn't seem so. No. So, yeah, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I'm pissed because now i got to go out with Tyler Hero and a bunch of G-leaguers for the fourth straight year and try to will And you have to, to play Damian Lillard and Giannis. I mean, that's the thing is now you got to go up against them. And how do you – I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think, Casey, you got a good point. You know, we all, we always get hyped up about these super teams and – they're going to be great, and then they come together and they suck, and you know it takes them 50 games into the year before they start playing well enough. But 
I don't know. I think there's just something different about Damian Lillard that I think he's going to gel really well. No, I think for sure that the Bucks are they are the team to beat in the East. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're not going to be good. And yeah, I said this was an improvement over what they had, but I said just need to take a step back and look at the overall picture with what they're going to be. And with that being said, I feel like that's a perfect place to end it. Next week, uh, we're probably going to talk about some hopefully very good NFL games. Going to get a full look into the MLB playoffs. And um, I just pray to God that I don't have to talk about that very long. Because I'm going to get clowned on. But from all of us here... I'll make sure to wear all my Canadian stuff. I will turn off your camera for the entire show if that's what happens. I can wear all my Dodger stuff, too. If you wear your hey, Dodger stuff, here. I, yeah, I want to see your that. Yeah. Shut your ADHD. mouth. I got I my, want I, you talking. I can grab the hat. I'm glad you right – no, 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 no. Cut the recording. Get out of here. We're done. <laughs> Good. We'll just, we'll just let you two go at it then. Yeah, From all mouth. of us here at Sports. Us lowly Mariners fans will just yeah. sit, sit aside <laughs> and watch the fun. All of us here at Cynic Sports, Casey and I are going to go cry in a corner as our baseball team continues to do the only thing that they ever have and disappoint And us my all, football team. And his football team. Um, we mm. hope that you all enjoyed. We will catch you guys next Wednesday, and we will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.